Welcome to today's episode of Respiratory HQ's Journey to Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Peel, and if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on another episode. And if you're out there and you're really liking this podcast, go ahead and give me a rating review on whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, because really the more positive reviews I get for this podcast, the more people I can reach out there to make a positive impact in their lives. Today, we are going to be starting a series of podcasts dealing with study strategies. So I've been doing this quite a while, and every year when we start a new cohort of students, within the first month, I have some of those students coming to my office very worried that they're not performing well on their test, and they're worried they're not going to pass the first semester. And what it comes down to is them realizing that the study skills they had been employing prior to entering our program were not working for them with the type of tests we are giving in our program. So a lot of students come to us with study skills that are very strong with recall questions. You know, flashcards and quizlets, those those are great strategies if you're studying for a test that is predominantly recall question. But unfortunately, in our program, not only do we ask recall questions, but we ask questions dealing with application and analysis. Now, if you're listening to this and you've just said, well, I don't have a clue the difference between a recall question, an application question, or an analysis question, I'm going to ask you to go to my website, respiratoryhq.com, sign up for the HQ toolbox. It's absolutely free. But inside that toolbox is a series of video lectures that talk about test-taking skills, test-taking strategies. And one of those videos talks about the difference between recall, application, and analysis questions. I actually have example test questions on each one of those. So go there, kind of take a look at that so you're know, knowing what we're talking about. But, but basically, students come into the office really strong skills as far as studying for recall-type questions. But we ask a lot of application and analysis questions almost immediately within our program. So the students come asking, okay, what what do I need to do? How do I need to change my studying? And here's the deal, guys. There are so many different study strategies, and some work for some students and some don't. So what I've asked for is students to get a hold of me because, quite honestly, the experts that you need to hear from are the students in our T-School that have passed their second, third, and are in their second year of their program. So the next few weeks, I'm going to bring students in, and they're going to talk about specific study strategies that they have switched to through RT school that have helped them be successful. So I hope you find this of benefit. Stay tuned with us and let's see what they have and give you options to explore. Hello everybody. With us today we have Keisha Parker. She is a second year respiratory therapy student at Weatherford College and so yeah full disclosure She's one of ours. When I say one of ours, I don't mean that possessively. I mean, she is part <laughs> of our Weatherford College Respiratory Care family. So welcome, Keisha. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for coming on to this podcast and sharing your knowledge because really you've got a lot of expertise as a student and as for studying. So let's just talk about when you started this program a year ago, a year ago, it's been right at a year, right? Mm-hmm. When you, when you entered our program, tell me what your plan was as far as studying for content. Uh, I had no plan. I had absolutely no plan. I did not know um, coming and being out of school for 20 years. I did not have a clue how I was going to study for the classes, the coursework or anything. So um, I really had to try to wing it at first. And then I learned very quickly winging it wasn't going to work. Right. So did you, you know, you came with study strategies from your A&P and micro class, correct? Because. I mean, somewhat, um, they're not as structured as these courses are. These are more, um, I would say organized. They're just, they're, they're, they're well structured compared to just going to A&P or micro. Okay. So you came in just going to try to figure it out as you, as you went and, and that didn't really work for you. So about how long did it take before you realized, okay, you got to back up, got to figure out something else so that you could keep up with all the coursework. It was probably about three weeks in. Okay. I figured out that I was going to, that I needed something more and the objectives that y'all give, I didn't realize at first that the objectives were, if you do them, they're a study guide for the tests. Yeah. And um, someone pointed it out to me and that helped me a lot. Okay. So your first switch was starting to employ. So guys that are listening um, from home on this podcast, with every one of our lectures that we give the students, we give a list of lecture objectives that come right from our PowerPoint. So Keisha is right. Uh, using that is a good beginning study tool for our test. So if your instructors give you that, that might be a good idea, something to employ to study. So you started doing those. And then what was your next thought that you needed to do? I needed a study group. I'd, I'd never studied in a group setting before. Um, I did not, when I was in AMP and micro, um, it was really kind of, everybody was really separated. It was during COVID. Nobody was really studying together. So we just didn't, but I thought it might be nice to um, get involved in a study group. And I sent out an email and got people, tried to get people involved, got some people on board to get on teams and study together. And it worked really well. Okay. So when you say get on teams, did you use teams or did you use Zoom to start out with? We used Zoom, but if you don't pay for Zoom, there's a time limit. So teams, you get teams with your Microsoft Word and Excel. I think you get that with the college. But um, they it comes with Teams, and Teams has no time limit. Okay, good. Okay, so guys at home listening, this is a really good thing to think about. So their study groups, they do online because our students come from all over the place. So they started doing the study groups online, started with Zoom. So if you're going to Zoom, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you get the free version of it, you're capped at 40 minutes. And so if your study session goes longer than 40 minutes, Zoom's going to kick you off. So whether for college, 
gives the students the the Office 365 package, I guess, or, and yes. with that comes Teams. And so you can study online together with teams with no limit. So cool. All right. So y'all started studying. So when you put that word out for study groups, how did people respond? At first, there was a lot of response. A lot of people came. Some people discovered that a study group just wasn't for them or they needed a smaller study group because there was a lot of people at first. And that can get kind of chaotic whenever you're online and it's really easy to talk over each other online too. So some people decided they needed to study in person with somebody or um, they just didn't like how big the study group was. And it eventually got down to just a, a few people that I ended up studying with every single week. And we, um, we still study together every single week. We cannot go without studying together now. We've uh, formed a very tight bond and we um, help each other out a lot. All of us are different and all of us bring something different to the table as far as studying and ideas and understanding content. Yeah. So your group of, and, and I have the luxury of knowing kind of who you're studying with now, and I'm <laughs> going to say from an instructor standpoint, personalities do play into this because you've got two of you, you've taken the personality test. So we know you're a more of an introverted person and you like, you know, you probably not big groups, like to process your thoughts internally. If I had to guess one of your other classmates is, but I think two of your classmates are extroverts and this works well for you guys, right? Yes, yes. We work quite well together. We're all very um, involved in the two that are the extroverts. They're very animated and they have lots of good ideas and they bring a lot to the table and they keep us going. And sometimes we study and that's is this is not for everybody, but sometimes we study three hours or more. We have been on for three and four hours at a time um, going through the content, getting ready for a test, visiting with each other. Um, we're friends with each other. Um, we spend a lot of time together and it really has um, just brought us close together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to back up in just a little bit and let's talk about before y'all narrowed it down to your four core that you study with all the time. And a lot of people were coming in. Do you feel like I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I think we do need to really talk about the dynamics of study groups and the dynamic and what it means to be a team. So when you first studied with a huge group, did everybody participate? No, no, not everybody participated. A lot of people um, or a few people, not a lot. I think they relied on the study group as their only study time. And when you, when you do that, you don't bring anything in, into the group. You don't bring any of your own knowledge into the group. And that can be, um, for lack of a better word, kind of annoying to other people who do study outside of the group and do spend, you know, hours in the content learning and they bring what they've learned into the group. And we ask each other questions. We quiz each other. If you're not doing that, it, it kind of, you know, feels like, you're just using the study group as your only study time. And I know for a fact that that does not work well. You have to study outside of your study group too. You've got to bring something in. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. So several key points here, guys, to think about. Number one, if you're going to participate in a study group, well, you probably need to study before coming to the group because the purpose of that group is not necessarily to provide you with all your knowledge base. You have to do some work into it. And you need to participate. And if that participation is just asking questions, then that's still participation. Because I will say, probably from an instructor standpoint, and I know this personally, you gain so much more knowledge having to teach somebody something than what you do learning it for yourself. Because not only do you have to really understand it, you have to be able to verbalize that understanding. Okay, so in a study group, if all you're doing is asking questions, that's so good because you're going to get that question answered. But those people in the group also get the benefit of being able to articulate that to check their knowledge base. So if you come and just sit, that is in a, in a way kind of not participating with the team and other members of the team sometimes feel used. And, and mm -hmm. I think that's important also. That's, some, that's good stuff. Good stuff to think about, guys, as far as study groups. All right. So right now you have a core of four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all have your system worked out, right? You don't really yes. have many struggles, or I guess no. if you do struggle, you're comfortable with each other to be able to verbalize what the issue is, right? Absolutely. Um, and and there have been so many instances where one of us just doesn't get it, and three of us do, and it helps when everybody can get together and everybody has a different perspective and they can help you understand it in a different way and help you have the light bulb moment as y'all call them. Um, it, it's really helpful when someone doesn't understand if the people in your group or somebody in your group does and can explain it just a little bit different than how it was explained to you in class. It makes all the difference sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So at the most, when you had bunches of people participate, what was the most you think you had on a team's um, session? I would say probably up to 12, 12 people, 10 to so 12 you, people at one you, time. So do you think 10 to 12 versus four, do you feel... Which one's more effective, do you think, as far as your your learning style and your need? A smaller group. Yeah. I really, I, I really just wanted to connect everybody. That was why I reached out to the whole class. Hey, let's all get on and study. But the you you're not gonna connect with everybody. Not everybody's style is the same as yours. So you it kind of narrows itself down naturally. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being our small group. Um, it wasn't planned that way. It just happened that way. It just happened that way. Yeah. And I think from a, a standpoint of trying to study, you know, we've studied in classroom settings before. And sometimes the bigger the group, the more individuals asking questions, different type of learning styles. And it's that's harder to manage in a large group where, there, where you bring it down to two or three or four even. That may be more effective if, if it's the right small group working together. Right. Good deal. All right. So you and I have talked a little bit about this in the past. Tell me some of the benefits with a study group that go beyond studying. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Friendship. And I, I'll say it so many times in this program, 
you, the people around you that are in the program with you, they understand what you're going through. They understand how hard it is at, at times, how frustrated you are. Um, it's, it's can be hard. It's a struggle at times. You're very, very busy in this program. And those are the people that you need to lean on. So what you get out of those people is friendship. You get family. You get an understanding from them that you're probably not going to get from someone else because they really don't understand what you're going through. So I would say the, the best part of it for me is how close we've gotten as a group. We're involved in each other's lives outside of school. We hang out. We talk about everything, not just about school. We're friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably a lot of times those friendship carry on. Those are lifetime friendships that you're building right now, which is really cool. I agree. Very yeah. good. Very good. All right. So if you had to give the world one last key piece of advice or the incoming students, the ones that are starting this week, our new groups that starts tomorrow, what would your key piece of advice be for them? I don't have just one piece of advice. <laughs> I have several. Okay. But really quick, um, rewatch the lectures. We have a benefit of Zoom, and that is a benefit that not every program has. And if you do not take advantage of that, you are really shorting yourself. Rewatch the lectures. You miss something the first time around every time. Take the time to watch it twice. Take notes when Tanya is lecturing. Take notes if she's talking off of her slides outside of what's on the slides. Take notes. Um, do the objectives. The objectives are really easy to do. If you have questions, ask them. All of them. Sam, Tanya, Crystal, love it when you ask questions. They want to know what your questions are, and they're happy to answer them. There is no such thing as a stupid question in this program. So take the time to ask. I say, guys that are listening that are not Weather for College students, we do record every one of our lectures on Zoom and we send the link out to the students and they can rewatch the lectures over and over. Now, if you don't have that in your program, you can make that happen, though. You can bring a digital recorder in and record every single lecture and be able to go back and and listen to them. Because there is stuff I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm hearing you saying that in, in class when you're listening, there's so much going on sometimes there's so much content. You don't pick up everything the first time. It may be the second time you watch it or the third time that you watch it before you get all the key points, right? Yeah, I have watched lectures three and four times. Something that I might be struggling with, I watch them. Um, they're they're beneficial. I need them. And I watch them as many times as I need to watch them. And I'm thankful for them. Yeah, good deal. All right, so three key points, guys, from home. Number one, answer any lesson objective questions. If you're given lesson objective questions, answer them. Use them as a study guide. Number two, ask questions. Man, start asking questions just as soon as you have them (laughs) because your instructors can probably fix the problem right then and there without a lot of effort. So yeah, ask the question. Don't let yourself go without that knowledge. You're, You're cheating yourself if you do. And number three, if you've got the lectures recorded in some manner, re listen or re watch them to make sure you understand the concept. Good deal. Awesome. 
Good stuff, Keisha. Thank you for being with us here today. I really, really appreciate everything you've said to the students. And I think I really, you guys, students, y'all are the experts as far as studying and you've actually proven yourself to be today. And I really am appreciative of that. So thank you. All right. So next week, guys, stay tuned. We're going to bring in another student next week to talk about a completely different study skill. And we're going to keep doing this for the next two or three weeks. So see you soon.